Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Podcast. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colin Fantasy Football Podcast, part of Fate Team's uh, podcast channel, brought to you by SB Nation. I am the uh, well, the c- conductor of the Devin Funches hype train, and your humble host Pete Rogers, joined by a very special guest. It is my wife, Becca Rogers. We've talked much about her on the show, and now finally she's making her podcast debut because. All the guys are too busy uh, living actual lives and wanting to go to bed early and didn't stay up to see the whole first round and wanted to podcast that So, Becca, how are you? I'm a little bit sleepy, but I'm great. <laughs> you powered through I like did. a true champion. I did. I was channeling you. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty hyped right now. I can tell. The Patriots took Nikhil Harry uh, at the 32nd pick, and I'm, I'm overly excited. Anyways. And you did have to wait till the very last pick. the very last pick that's yeah. the burden of being a super bowl winner yeah, you know it's really hard being me mm. i live a difficult existence um anyways we're just doing a quick emergency podcast i wanted to get this out uh the first round went to start kind of how everyone expected and then it got real crazy from there lots to talk about we're just going to jump right in uh becca has lots of thoughts to share uh you most of them not football related. most of them this is entirely becca's viewpoint on the first round of the 2019 nfl draft so we're going to start with pick number one kyler murray kyle murray goes to the arizona cardinals as most people projected becky your thoughts on this pick uh so my first takeaway relates to the, the one of the commentators comments which was arizona has found their murray to which i ask <laughs> what does this mean <laughs> Which Murray are they referring to? The only Murray I can conjure up is Latavius Murray, who they they there's no possible way they're referring well, to. Well, naturally, every NFL team needs their Latavius Murray. Needs their Murray. Right. I mean, it needs their middling, aging <laughs> running back. Yeah. Just, How could so, you not want that? I was I was so perplexed by this, <laughs> by this comment. It really derailed my entire analysis of the um, it's probably a good pick. <laughs> R.I.P. Josh Rosen. He had a terrible run. I hope you have better luck somewhere else. Uh, no Cardinals. There you go. Oh, uh, Fantasy-wise, this is amazing. We've talked about this on the podcast. We've talked about this on faketeams.com. Uh, I think that you're giving Cliff Kingsbury the quarterback that he has wanted from day one, right? Um, and I think that if if Kyler Murray doesn't work in that offense, no one's going to work. He's going to cater that offense specifically to what Murray does. And I think that you, I would not be surprised to see not exactly a Deshaun Watson rookie year production from Murray, but something close to that where that he actually has pretty considerable fantasy value. Think later stages, Baker Mayfield um, in terms of fantasy value. So I think he is someone that 
I will be taking a flyer on late in drafts and just kind of seeing what happens and seeing how it all plays out because I trust the coach. I trust the system um, and I'm trusting the weapons around him. So I'm okay with this. I'm on board with this. We knew this was coming. It'll be curious. I'm interested to see where Josh Rosen lands. And there's a real part of me that is hoping that the Patriots pull the trigger and we now have the quarterback for the future. Um, But let's move on to pick number two, 49ers. Again, we're running with basically how everyone mocked this out. Nick Bosa, uh, the best player on the draft for many people, um, at the very least one of the top two guys, goes there. Uh, Your thoughts on this move? Um, So the the first important thing I'd like to note is uh, in regards to the velvet jacket that he Mm. chose to wear. Yes. Um, Not sure if it's velvet or velour or like what the distinction between those two fabrics is, but I will say that that jacket had him looking like my friend's house cat mittens. Uh, like, a, you know, a pretty average, like, <laughs> pretty average, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, shelter cat. <laughs> Gray shelter cat. Um, That's a pretty harsh critique for someone who's like, I mean, this is the pinnacle of your fashion stage. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I mean, the whole nation is watching you and you've chosen to look like a average yeah, shelter right. cat. I mean, and like they showed footage of Joey Bosa who was also wearing a gray suit that was not velour. So it felt like he was just being a dick to his brother. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to one up you with my gray velvet suit as if that's a fashion statement. So, I mean, that, that shook me. <laughs> Again, already coming off the Kyler Murray, the Murray pick where you were just already rattled. Just I mean, two back-to-back picks that just completely rattled. It really you. directed my attention in the right way, I think. <laughs> um, honestly, I hope he's as boring as Mitten's house cat, <laughs> given his political persuasions, but that's Fair. neither here nor there. Um, also, another thing I noted from his draft was that uh, he said that words can't describe how it feels to have his mom there. To which I say, Really? <laughs> You can't think of a single word to describe good, maybe? Is that <laughs> would have been, what would have been would have been worse for him to have said what he said or of him to be like, they're like, how does it feel to have your mom here? And he's like, good. I mean, I would have praised his honesty, <laughs> I guess. Like, it's like, yeah, show. sure, okay. Maybe it's just average having your mom there. Who My says no? My recommendation is that he read this book. <laughs> All right. Ignorant turd mom, Okay, moving on, pick number three. Again, uh, the Jets take Quinton Williams. Many people had him as the best uh, defensive lineman, best player in this draft. Uh, so the Jets strike big again. They, they've This has been a running trend for them recently where they've kind of lucked into the best player available, the best player in the draft. Uh, and as is, we'll see when we go through this draft, this was a huge theme throughout all the AFC East teams. Everyone got internal pressure trying to get after Tom Brady. Uh, but your thoughts on this pick? Um, I like this pick mostly because Quinnane Williams is cute. He's so super cute. cute. He looks like an overgrown middle schooler uh. who like still dances at arms. Like, <laughs> Got to keep space for Jesus. Exactly, and I just I just hope he continues to make his mom proud. That's all. I I only I only have the best. Any guy, his I I was trying to capture the right photo um, while the draft was going on, but my my phone skills were too slow. Um, I know as a Patriots fan that I just. I should be hating every single Jets player ever. That smile. That's a winning smile right yeah. there. That is. You can't blame him for being picked by the Jets. You can't. You, you can't. can't you right. Can't choose who you're drafted by, it's fair. Really. It's true. Can't hate him. But uh, 
but he's going to be disruptive. He's going to be very good. I, I think he's going to be, you're going to plug him into that defense. And suddenly now that secondary that they've invested a lot of money and draft picks into is going to look a lot better because quarterbacks are going to have to be dealing with regular pressure up the middle. Uh, and that just flusters everyone. So let's move on. We're trying to get through this as quickly as possible. <laughs> uh, pick number five. We had, oh no, sorry. Pick number four. Um, the Oakland Raiders, the first real shocker uh, of the draft, I would say. Obviously, you knew what the Raiders were going to do. They needed to draft their pa- uh, address their pass rush. Uh, they had only 13 sacks on the season, which is utterly preposterous. Uh, Isn't that for, about uh, as many as Khalil Mack had? Khalil Mack, I think, had 12 and a half. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, nailed that trade, John Gruden. But they go out, uh, and instead of addressing Josh Allen, who many people thought was, was the obvious choice after that, they get Cleveland Farrell uh, uh, out of Clemson, correct? Clemson? Yep. Is that what your notes say? Boom. Uh, your thoughts? Um, my primary thought is Gruden's going to be who Gruden's going to be. <laughs> like, he's going to do his thing. You can't, you can't argue with that. Uh, I think it's a questionable pick. Um, <laughs> I think Pharrell is probably going to be a disappointment, mm. especially given who is still on the board at the time. Uh, but who knows? We've all been surprised. I don't want to throw shade at Pharrell, but I think that John Gruden was a little bit of a live wire. I mean, I just, I, I, I feel like you should be sharing to the audience how much tape you've watched of all these players <laughs> going into this draft, draft process. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what have you in the last, in the I'm, last, minutes or seconds? in the last 72 hours, what have you watched more tape of uh, NFL draft prospects or new girl? Oh, definitely new girl. Um, I think all of the tape I saw was in the draft. <laughs> there was no work ahead of time. Perfect. This is solely on your commentary and how credible I feel the commentators are. <laughs> Pick number five, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Devin White, which um, a lot of people had mocked to them. They needed linebacker help. They, after losing uh, Quan Alexander in free agency to the 49ers. Uh, your thoughts on this pick? Uh, my main takeaway was his, uh, the primary description of Devin White, which was that he's a horseman. Wow, there's just so much to work with with that. You know, like the Buccaneers really got on their horse with this pick. Mm. They're going to ride white to victory, which in Tampa's case puts them on track for solid mediocrity. <laughs> so, you know, I go Bucks. Go I hope bucks. that that, <laughs> I hope that, that uh, giant ostentatious uh, pirate ship, oh. you know, serves them well. Yes. In case uh, Devin White falls through. <laughs> in case they can't all ride Devin White's shoulders, they'll have exactly. that pirate ship to carry them right, to, right, to, to success. intimidate them. <laughs> perfect uh pick number six now we get to the part of the draft where uh just glorious the new york giants who need a quarterback we all know eli is not i would be amazed if eli even plays the uh the majority of this coming season but pete eli is a hall of fame (laughs) that is such a fucking lie (laughs) that is bullshit um (laughs) stats do lie that's not even Anyways, his statistics don't even make him a Hall of Fame. The only reason people think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback is because he somehow lucked into two Super Bowl wins. Anywho, the Giants do address their quarterback situation, but they address it with Daniel Jones. Uh, your insight into this rather surprising selection. Yeah, well, nothing screams winner like zero-star high school <laughs> prospect. 
uh, which was how Daniel Jones was described tonight by the commentators, <laughs> which I thought was telling. Um, I honestly think that they uh, base their pick on who looks and ask, acts the most like Eli Manning. Mm. Um, my theory is that someone in the Giants front office has attachment issues and is looking to just kind of perpetuate the same like boring milk toast uh impression of eli manning uh yeah personality wise this guy is a great a dud <laughs> not inspired which peeling back the pinot curtain is one of your biggest fears for our children yes <laughs> duds are are a reoccurring fear <laughs> and the giants just drafted one so there you go i think that i think the giants have recognized that the only way that they're going to stay in pop culture or or on the twitter feeds is with uh Eli faces, you know? Mm. And so they just wanted to make like you were saying, they wanted to draft a quarterback who they feel could replicate that same kind of uh those same kind of faces that big confusion about everything. <laughs> the ability he's very he the meme the meme ability of the quarterback right. I think was very high on their list. Uh all right, pick number seven, uh the Jacksonville Jaguars luck into this pick. Their defense didn't need any more help, but they did with Josh Allen, who is a do-it-all linebacker who can rush the passer and and showed a lot of that ability in college, but also can cover running backs, tight ends, can do it everything in in Jacks in Jacksonville and, and on that defense. Your thoughts? Um, Josh Allen looked like he uh, looked like a guy who knew he should have gone higher in the draft. Um, he had that swanky ass gold jacket, like yeah, you know he was he was yeah. hoping to be flashing that well, sucker. Also, in his preview, did you see the like vest he wore? No. He was shirtless with like a black and white vest. And your yeah. thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it worked. I think <laughs> was it him? I hope it was him. I think yes. it, I think you're right. I, I do. I him. now that you're speaking of it, I, I associated that with the gold jacket. Mm. So I feel like I feel like they were related. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think his his kid won the NFL draft. I think um, it's a fair assessment. He, he that sass man. He's, that that kid is gonna have some personality. Like pushing the Jaguars hat away. Like sass. Do you think? Do you think though that the Jaguars seeing that were like shit? Maybe we we mess this up. No. Oh, think, you don't think I so? I think it was evidence that that kid is wise and relatable and, you know. It, it wouldn't be an RB1 podcast without at least a little Jaguar slander. So that's for you, Clark. Yeah. Uh, pick number eight. We finally get into kind of offensive talent. We finally get into something that we as a fantasy football podcast can mm. discuss about. TJ Hawkinson, the number one tight end on everyone's board, goes to the Detroit Lions. Personally, huge fan of this. Uh, it not only not only does TJ Hawkinson get a lot of value in that offense, an offense that let's not forget, Matt Patricia is the head coach of there. Matt Patricia was the defensive, yes, he was a defensive coordinator for the Patriots, but was with Gronk for all of his nine years in New England. So knows how to utilize a big, versatile tight end. But also, it also boosts Matty Stafford and returns him to fantasy value. Where last year he took a step back, he was not as fantasy relevant as he had been in the past. He is always one of my favorite quarterbacks to draft late because of his upside. Um, but finally, now he's going to get another red zone target, someone who can be able to catch touchdowns from him. I'm a big fan of this pick. What is your thoughts as now where this is the first time, first NFC North pick we're talking about? Uh, I only have uh, one line written in my notes. Mm. Um, which is that Hawkinson looks like your average neighborhood Presbyterian and Matt Stafford's <laughs> uglier cousin. Uh, so sorry, TJ, about, about the ugly comment. Uh, but I think he seems like a like an average dude and probably a pretty good tight end. So there you go. That's all I have. 
Perfect. Pick number nine, Buffalo Bills select Ed Oliver, uh, which, again, like I said, theme of the night for all AFC East teams, getting interior pressure. Uh, They're going to be replacing Kyle Williams with that. Ed Oliver is a disruptive monster. And if he can even be half of what everyone comps, which is Aaron Donald, the Bills now suddenly have a truly dominant interior pass rusher. um, And it'll help them get five wins in the AFC East so that's that's big that's big for them your thoughts um first of all Ed Oliver what a name we've talked about this on the RB1 podcast before Clark brought this up Ed is a very Ed just Ed itself Mm -hmm. underrated (laughs) underrated you don't often hear guys have Ed it's normally like Edward or something like that and they go by but like or Eddie right but being like an Ed that is that's something I know it's it's a statement. Uh, if football doesn't work out, I think Ed could be a game show host. Mm. You know, Ed mm. Oliver, the Ed Oliver mm. show, it has a ring to it. Right? Yeah, or, or that it really does. I know. Um, also, another glorious horse montage. Yeah. Um, what is with horses? I and don't know. These defensive players and 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 them spotlighting the horses. <laughs> that only that high. Well, maybe. Do you think it's especially so because they're in Nashville? Maybe. Uh, maybe. And still being said, how often do you see two top prospects have a affinity for horses? Yeah, which is like very well covered. <laughs> very, very in, in in deep detail. Yeah. Uh so if I were to root for the Bills and I won't, it would be because of Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. And is the and the Ed Oliver show. Yeah, I mean Mr. Ed, if you didn't if you didn't catch that, is a show with the with the horse. Oh. Yeah. So cool. look it up. Pop culture reference. Look at that. <laughs> From like 1960s. <laughs> really hip with the time. Really, really binge watching the right shows here. Uh, pick number 10, the Steelers traded up with the Denver Broncos in order to select their linebacker of the future, Devin Bush. They're so good. Um, <laughs> yes. This is a, this makes a lot of sense. What with Ryan Shazier's uh, slow recovery back from from injury, hopefully Shazier will be able to play football at some point in his future, or at the very least be able to do athletic endeavors. Um, but anyways, the Steelers have protected themselves. They have Devin Bush, an athletic, super athletic linebacker. Your thoughts? First of all, that outfit. Wow. Mm. Oh, right. Because he had like that, like the like Michael Jackson in a cast vibe. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. If I should be hearkening to it, that it was. But it worked. It's the clear image that I got. Um, I I commend personally, having no knowledge of his football ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I commend how he handled the commentators' name questions. <laughs> I quote, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. <laughs> I quote, and I'm actually just kind of saying <laughs> what I want to be said from this. <laughs> so I too am contradicting myself. Uh, but so many emotions going through your head right now. What emotions are going through your head right now? <laughs> this is the kind of sterling reporting football fans can expect as long as the NFL is run by the human equivalent of tapioca pudding. Ooh, shots fired at Roger I Goodell. Uh, well said. Not the first of the night. No, I'm sure there will be more. Uh, pick number 11, Cincinnati Bengals. I personally had mocked uh, Dwayne Haskins, still on the board, here multiple times to them. I thought it would be a natural fit What with Andy Dalton being similar tapioca pitting um but alas they did not instead they went jonah williams uh sharing that uh that offensive line your thoughts on this pick? um i i like how you ask my thoughts because my thoughts are 
there I think is one player where I actually talk about like football relevance, but but I feel like it's important when you're crafting a fantasy football team. Yeah, you gotta have some you want players. the full perspective yeah, of these players. Totally, totally. Good. So I will say that the number of times that freak and nerd were mentioned during his recap <laughs> would make a gui- guidance counselor cry. <laughs> Uh, it made me want to invite him over just to chat. Um, also, he had the least intimidating, intimidating preview video ever. It looked like he was trying to draw dry off one sweaty hand with his other slightly less sweaty hand. So hopefully he's more comfortable on the field than he is with, like, staged. <laughs> with, with staged With staged videos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which is frankly a part of the NFL. I mean, yeah, you're, not an important part. But. You have to be pretty comfortable with that uh, with the media. Uh, pick number twelve. We get to your Green Bay Packers. Uh, they take <laughs> they take another Michigan <laughs> player, uh, Rashawn Gary, defensive lineman. Um, your feelings on this? Because I know, as a as an avid Packers fan, you have much to say on the matter. Um, Again, I, all of that tape you watched is right. really coming into play right here. I know. I'm really glad I did all that research, <laughs> just imp- unprompted. Unprompted. Just yeah, you just were like sheer passion. Right. I mean, that's what a fan does. That's true. Um, well, I mostly loved how the Packers fans. I, I mostly loved the Packers fans and how they looked like they had no idea what's going on, <laughs> but they were just happy to be included. <laughs> you know, like they're just happy to be there for the experience. Um, also, Gary himself looks like if Alan Iverson were a televangelist. So hopefully mm. he can, like, put the fear of God in front of that. <laughs> because it needs some life. Does, don't, you want, don't you want him to inject the fear of God into the opposing offense? Yeah, but it could also be his own defense. You want him to scare his own defense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the players motivate each other all the time. Okay. Right? okay. I mean, and, and if, if you believe the whole, like, Aaron Rodgers expose. Mm. You know, the Packers defense is kind of tuned out. So they mm. need a strong leader. Not saying that it's Gary per se, but they need a strong leader to unite them. Tipping our toe into the uh, Packers controversy. Well, yeah. I mean, especially since there's going to be a, a power vacuum without Matthews. It's true. Clay Matthews, known uh, power man. Well, I don't know that for sure. But he did try to lead the offense. <laughs> the defense. I mean, defense. He tried his best. He put his best foot forward. He put Pick number 13, uh, the Miami Dolphins, sticking with the trend. Uh, Christian Wilkins from Clemson, another interior defensive pressure, interior lineman, uh, most famous for his ability to do the jump splits, which is something that yeah. I have attempted before and failed miserably. Uh, actually led to the tearing of my MCL. Uh, your thoughts on this pick? Uh, well, PBH, I missed most of it because I was in the bathroom. Sure. Uh, but I got to take your pee break sometime. I, I mean, I, yeah. And it was 13 picks in. That was pretty good. Uh, I did witness the chest bump, which I'm choosing to interpret as an aggressive assertion of dominance <laughs> over human noodle Roger Cabell. Um, also, the cut to the bar celebration was not a good look for Dolphins fans. It looked like the camera was interrupting an otherwise pleasant evening for, like, average bar goers. Everyone's just sitting there casually drinking. Like, this is not a, this is not a dolphin's bar. And the, and the camera the camera long. cuts to it, and they're like, oh, shit, we're on television. Um, Go Dolphins! Mostly it was just, like, a like, non-reaction to everything that was going on. Uh, yeah, that was my, that had, I don't think I mentioned Wilkinson. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a sign of a truly excellent pick. Pick number 14, uh, the Atlanta Falcons select Chris Lindstrom, uh, offensive lineman out of Boston College, repping the home B-O-S-T-O-N. Your feelings on this selection? Um, I loved the fan, the shot of the family in America's most average living room. <laughs> I think I have the same paint by numbers, like landscape. Hanging on your, hanging yeah. on our wall. Um, honestly, I don't have much to go on here. I feel like this pick is corn. It's satisfying, reliable, and a little bit sweet, but also boring as hell. <laughs> so perfect. Yay, <laughs> what more needs to be said? Moving on, pick number fifteen. Finally. Dwayne Haskins gets selected off the board. The Washington breadsticks take him, uh, just casually sit there, let them let him fall right into their lap. And honestly, I'm kind of for this. I think Dwayne Haskins is a much better quarterback than seemingly the, I don't know, the NFL scouting community felt, or, or, or I don't know. He seemed like he was taking an unnecessary slide for some reason. I, I think the breadsticks got a good quarterback. I don't think Case Keenum is at all the solution. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Haskins gets a little more playing time than maybe we expect. So uh, your thoughts on the selection? Um, well, for some unknown reason, I just have in all caps more player footage <laughs> in my notes. So well, it's because of all that tape that you watch. You're like, come on, oh, yeah. come on, ESPN. Play it. <laughs> Where where's the part where Schmidt and Cece get together? Come on! Come on! The fuck have I been watching? Over the best part. Uh, for real though, if I wanted to hear this many white dudes talking to me, I would <laughs> oh wait, this is exactly where I'd go. Fucking NFL. Uh, so anyways, I hope things work out for this guy, <laughs> but also this team needs to burn. That's how I feel. It's fair. Uh, pick sixteen. We have the Carolina Panthers taking by. Uh, Brian Burns, pass rusher, something, a, a need that they 100% needed to address. Uh, Burns, his biggest hit was just the fact that he was small in college weight-wise. He has a big frame, but just needs to be able to keep weight on, on it. Uh, I think he was 230 in college, packed on about 15 or 18 pounds for the combine, and it's just a matter of not whether he's going to keep it. If he does keep it, his explosiveness off the line is exceptional. It's super elite. Uh, he's going to be able to get around tackles pretty easily. And I think gives the Panthers a truly elite pass rusher. Um, but your feelings on this selection. Ooh, this guy is fine. <laughs> this is what I have in my notes. Um, and he's a comic book nerd. So mm. added points to him. Uh, but looks aren't everything, folks. Wow. The question is, will he contribute? And? Yes. <laughs> Emphatically. Uh, yeah, and so I think that the pack, the Panthers. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on that. Well, I know you just wish that your team had such I, a good-looking really man. Do. Well, we do. I'll get to that later. Oh. Uh, the Panthers just upped their football game and their attractiveness quotient. Uh, so. Wins all, wins all around. And also, do they sell calendars? <laughs> because because um, we don't know what day it is and our apartment could clearly use some more decoration right and i'm not above like cutting out <laughs> and putting it above <laughs> to pretend like people can on my team like, 
I mean, I'm only human. <laughs> I can only do so much. Uh, all right, moving along. Pick 17, Dexter Lawrence to the New York Giants. Uh, the Giants got their quarterback. Now they're getting some defensive help along their D-line. Your thoughts on the pick? Um, I apologize because I missed this pick because I was too distracted by Goodell's drunken stumbles <laughs> over service members' names. <laughs> Um, as my people would say, this guy is a real piece of work. Mm. I really don't like Goodell. And I'm not talking about Lawrence. Lawrence seems like the quiet guy in your poli sci class who like does, who waits until the last day of class to say something and blows everyone's mind. Um, <laughs> and he seems good at football. So, so there you go. Cool. What more needs to be said? Pick number 18, Minnesota Vikings. Your favorite Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Selected Garrett Bradbury, uh, offensive lineman. Clearly a need. Uh, since Case Keenum, not Case Keenum, excuse me, Kirk Cousins, off by a year. Kirk Cousins uh, was under immense pressure constantly all of last year, and we really want, and by we I mean me, uh, as part of the Dalvin Cook is an elite fantasy running back uh, fan club, really want that to pan out. Um, And so improving that offensive line is a huge step forward in kind of boosting everyone's fantasy relevance on that team. Your thoughts as our second NFC North team that we're discussing. Yeah. Well, what really stuck out to me was that uh, Bradbury has the face of a toddler on Tormund Giants. (laughs) That's kind of how I felt. Um, Mm. Also, I loved how the footage of his reaction and his family's reaction uh, featured everyone just watching the TV, watching themselves on TV, presumably. Uh, so you'd think, you'd think the NFL would find a way to make it more interesting, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised since the organization is basically just a shrug emoji at this point. <laughs> so. so much NFL hate. Would, if, if, you were, if you were broadcasted live on TV, would, sure. would you watch, would you just sit and watch yourself? I mean, I just, it did beg the question as to like, how how does this how does that situation work is there just like a static camera is there a cameraman like how do you make that more interesting if someone is mm. offsite if someone is not i think there's a cameraman just sitting there the whole time filming you then why wouldn't you i mean then why wouldn't you have any sort of interview like i guess they don't have reporters on it's just the cameraman i think it's just the cameraman i don't know it just it i think that there are ways that it can you you just more interesting. you want it to be a little more engaging yeah that's fair yeah, I don't think feel, that's too much to ask. Feels, it just feels awkward and like delayed. And why are we watching them react to like delayed footage of the pick? You know right, I mean? right. It's so strange. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, pick number nineteen. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, the hometown Tennessee Titans, select Jeffrey Simmons. And this was a controversial pick, to mm-hmm. say the least. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons comes into the draft uh, with a torn ACL, um, so won't be able to play the season. But more so, and I thought personally, ESPN did a very good job discussing this um but he was involved in a uh domestic violence uh attack or or instant dispute thank you uh which was caught on footage espn played the footage uh for those who watched the draft you obviously know what i'm talking about if you did not watch the draft it was he broke up a fight between a woman and his sister and then following that he proceeded to punch the woman multiple times um, he has apologized for this and and has shown at least some sort of remorse and has tried to improve himself as a person after that. However, there is this very clear footage of it. So on the one hand, I I it was I guess this was the first time where I saw ESPN taking or any kind of sports outlook where it was just like hard line, here's the facts, we're playing them out. And that being said, 
don't let's not give sports too much credit because we still have Tyreek Hill's ongoing investigation to beating his three-year-old child. But yeah. um, well, you anyways, just, I mean, you just can't take away the fact that like it's in the NFL's interest and in ESPN's interest as like the primary like source of news coverage of the NFL to gloss over the let's say totally facts. i mean and, and i do give that i do give espn credit because if they were much more intentional about the coverage of like the unsavory aspects of his draft um and so i applaud them for trying but like it's still and this is not not just an espn nfl problem this is also just a kind of like how we communicate in society about things is we always want to find the positive right. and we always want to believe in the redemption arc right uh and so i'm all for that. I don't want to like condemn the ESPN for approaching the situation the way that they did. At the same time, because of our tendency as humans and because of like their vested interest in this player who's being lauded and drafted mm -hmm. in the first round, um, it did feel like they ended on the like, he's fine, right. trust us. Like he's we checked it out, like it's all good. And I also found it telling that there was not a woman on the panel. Like there was no female voice whatsoever. Um, and it, it probably would have just been another spokesperson for or spokeswoman for ESPN and the NFL, but like at the very least, like having that presence there, I think would have shaped the commentary in a different way. Um, so yes, I think it's progress. I don't think it was like the best coverage that it could have been. Um, yeah. So that's what I have to say. I don't really have much knowledge, clearly, about him as a player uh, or much input other than that. No, I, th I mean, that was the biggest thing on his shoulders. And especially with the NFL having this past season, you had Kareem Hunt uh, had a domestic violence abuse. Ty Tyree Kills currently in the midst of charges. Um, and so it's very, you know, it's a situation where the NFL is still learning how to deal with it and they're not learning super well or very quickly um but you you give golf claps to small steps and i would yeah. consider this a small step but certainly there is a ton more yeah, right that needs to be backed up by like real action right in, in terms of like policy and how and how these like situations are handled when players are actually in the nfl exactly um but also i thought it was interesting <laughs> that uh that that I don't know if this is, I haven't watched many NFL drafts, but I thought it was interesting that the commentators were bringing in player stories more intentionally mm. and being more honest about them. Mm -hmm. It felt like, yeah, I mean, which, which I like, but we can come back and have thoughts on that Cool for a different player. But Perfect. I, in general, ESPN was being much more transparent or like kind of trying to be yeah. much more transparent. <clears throat> um, all right. We're about maybe a little bit over halfway, hopefully with the, uh, with the draft and the podcast before we go any further let's take a quick break for at you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy we do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back uh, with our special emergency podcast. Uh, We have a first round draft recap. Um, We are now at pick number 20, which the Denver Broncos have because they did a whole bunch of trades. I can't remember exactly what happened or how they moved back here, but they take tight end Noah Fant who everyone was very excited about, hyper-athletic guy. Uh, you're not putting this in the offense with uh, Joe Flacco, who, I mean, let's not forget, is an elite quarterback. Uh, your thoughts you on this man? He, uh, he is an elite quarterback. Yeah, he's, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play um, 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 foosball. Well, I say, <laughs> Another good-looking man mm. in the NFL. Uh, he looks like he could play the next James Bond, I think. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. He has kind of that allure about him. No offense. Maybe uh, maybe football's not where your future or maybe is. Maybe after football, you like mm. give it to entertainment. Other, a different form of entertainment. Anyways, um, also, the only other note I have is that he's the only person I remember from my very inattentive viewing of the NFL Combine. Uh, <laughs> so that probably bodes well. Yeah, hyper fast. He blew up the Combine. Uh, I got into some debates with people on Twitter about this in terms of his fantasy value this year. Uh, I posted a uh, poll out to fake teams doc uh, to the fake teams, Twitter asking who, which tight end do you think will have a better fantasy season, Hawkinson or Fant? Hawkinson won by the pretty majority. I think Fant still has a lot of potential in Denver. I do think being both the tight end position and being the fact that Joe Flacco, you're relying on him being decent. Um, Fans, maybe pure fantasy ceiling won't be reached this year uh, because it is notoriously hard for tight ends to kind of break into the NFL and, and really make an impact. However, I like the fit. I think the Broncos are constructing a very young offense with Philip Lindsay, with Deshaun Hamilton, with Cortland Sutton, with Noah Fant um, now. And then once they get themselves a number one quarterback for the future, Maybe they do that in the second round. Maybe they do that in the third round. Uh, you now have the all the building blocks for a young established offense, which I think could uh, go far. So, anyways, uh, maybe maybe he's not someone who you're directly paying attention to this year, but I think he, I don't hate this landing spot. I guess is ultimately my point. All right, and pick number twenty-one. We're back to your Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell Savage Jr., the very athletic in-the-box safety, who I think could have a pretty big role uh, in this in Mike Pettin's defense. I think Mike Pettin's starting to get the guys that he wants for this defense, and I think we could see it take a pretty big step forward in 2019. Your feelings? Oh. <laughs> Man, can't where does where does he rank amongst amongst Noah Fant wow. and uh, who is who is your other man crush? Oh, oh, let me look it up. Um, <laughs> Brian Burns. I think oh. Brian Burns is number one, and mm. then I think Darnell Savage, and then Noah Fant. Okay, all right. Do you think you think you were swayed by Byron Burns because of his no shirt vest look? That wasn't Brian Burns. Yeah, it was. I thought. Oh no, that was no, Josh no, Allen. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am. So many attractive men. Okay, Darnell um, Savage. Uh, well, first, first of all, I'm glad that I get to look at his face all season. That's a plus. Whose face would you rather? Well, does he replace? Because this is 
people people of the RB1 podcast wouldn't know this, but uh, Becca and I used to have another podcast called True. The Butt Fumble, which we spent, I would say, a fair amount of each episode talking about Randall Cobb and his eyes. <sighs> Sadly, now Randall Cobb yeah. is no longer part of the Green Bay Packers organization. Does Savage help fill that void? I mean, it depends on the kind of man that he is. Mm. I think uh, he, uh, the part of Cobb's appeal is just that he was a really good person. Right. And like, community member citizen husband father like whole nine yards he's just you know so darnell savage has a lot to live up to but he's got a good start okay cool um as far as i know (laughs) (laughs) want to make that clear um from a football perspective this might be look oh my god breaking news i know um, I love his versatility. Oh. Um, I think the secondary is the most important and interesting position in uh, position area for the Packers right now, um, especially in terms of development. And I can't wait to see how Savage fits into their new scheme, uh, especially in light of last season. He's a Mavorn. A lot of past seasons. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about this pick. Perfect. Well, there you go. Um, all right, pick number 22, the Eagles move purposefully up in front of the Houston Texans in order to get their future left tackle in Andre Dillard. Your feelings on this pick and this move? No feelings on the move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel bad saying this, but maybe there's a reason offensive linemen don't go in the first round. Ooh, hot take. Because picking them is boring. <laughs> How about like a Prince inspired wideout with like purple rhinestone boots? That mm. is the content that I'm looking for. That's what you're. That's what you need. Yes, uh, but also Dillard seems like a decent dude. So go Eagles <laughs> for not being as garbage as you're sitting. <laughs> what if? What if we just? What if there was a mandate for offensive linemen in order to spice up their marketability to wear just yes. very exciting outfits? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you, you see it, you see some playboy in outfits. Right. Like some of the well, it's a lot, especially positions. the corners. The yeah. cornerbacks are notorious for having real good outfits. And Ezekiel Elliott's crop top shirt. Um, all right. Pick number 23. The Houston Texans do then still select an offensive lineman, Titus Howard, um, which was a good pick. I'm going to say, honestly, had never seen him mocked in the first. Never came across my field of vision, but you, as an avid tape watcher, mm-hmm. I'm sure have a, a detailed description of all of what he brings to the Texans. Sure, sure, sure. Well, this guy, first of all, is yeah. incredible help. Oh. I mean, two inches and 87 pounds between high school and college. Do you think the NFL needs to test for gamma ray? I shit? mean, <laughs> if, they're, if they're not already, they're... they probably should. The NFL needs to start testing for, for incredible Hulk gamma ray shit. This is the 21st century. Gamma ray tests up in the air. Come on, NFL. Uh, pick number 24. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, Marshawn Lynch retiring. Force him out. Uh, and so what they do is they go... Again, right? This is his second retirement. You're right. And he retired perfectly in time for the Raiders to leave Oakland, since that was the only reason yeah. he came back out of retirement was to play in Oakland, his home, his home city. Uh, so the Raiders go ahead and immediately replace him with Josh Jacobs. This had been mocked pretty much everywhere. Um, 100% on board with this. It gives them a uh, legit threat on the ground. 
and in the passing game. I think Josh Jacobs brings a lot in the passing game. He showed that in Alabama. Uh, and you now have a pretty talented offense, uh, at least on paper, in Oakland, which is rather surprising given the complete teardown that Gruden did when he first got the job. But you now got Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs there. Um, you're still maybe missing a tight end, but second round, maybe you throw yourself some Irv Smith. Uh, and, and Derek Carr, you see what you got in him. He used to be, you know, just a couple of years ago before he broke his leg, MVP candidate, Pro Bowl quarterback. Who knows what you got? What are your feelings on the uh, on the Raiders pick? Uh, well, I think that few people can pull off this though. But then, Ooh. But that Josh Jacobs. He did it. Work in that creepy suit. Wow. Yeah, that's my first thought. Um, I think really what the commentators said like sums it up. So I'll just I'll just give you some just yes yeah. quotes. Perfect. Um, this guy is going to finish on you. <laughs> this guy wants to get it north and south. <laughs> God love him. God, God love this man. I mean, that's that's all they're really. I mean, I feel like we should just move on. Yeah. Perfect. Pick number twenty-five. The Baltimore Ravens do select a wide receiver. It's not the wide receiver that a lot of people, including myself, at times had mocked to them. DK Metcalf. No, it is Marquise Hollywood Brown. Your feelings on the draft pick? Well, he was referred to as the diminutive dynamo. So apparently Mel Kuyper got his hands on a thesaurus. <laughs> he was just trying out some new words. Just flashing, flashing the, um, the leather. Exactly. For real though, Brown can run. So I'm excited to see him play. And I also appreciate the emotion he shared. What I do not appreciate mm. is ESPN mining him for emotional content. Oh. Uh, like I appreciate that they want to tell the story. And this is what, when earlier I said I would come back to this. So I, I think it is important to give a picture of a whole player. Um, and the various contexts from which they emerge. Uh, but asking a player to recount his struggles on the spot, not just asking him how he feels about the moment, but like asking specific, for specific moments of hmm. potential trauma right. in, a per- in a person's past, that seems exploitative to me. And also the incorrect format to ex- really kind of explore that history. Perhaps long-form journalism is a better avenue for that, or you know, more intentional, protected interviews. Um, I think I should be a consultant in this. I matter. think so too. I think that Marquise Brown, Becca's. You know, if you're looking for an if, agent, a representative, just hit us know. up at the RB1 podcast. I just think, I mean, I'll, overall, I was really appalled at how terrible. Like, this is always the case with hey, interviewing. Actors. The questions are always the questions very are bland not great, and mundane. And the responses are I mean, very standard. Right. But. Um, no, you're right about the like the creating a a uh, emotional reaction. It's like I just watched a video of the uh, doing a little GOT talk. Mm. The actor who played Rob Stark, mm. I think it was like GQ or something, like made him rewatch the Red Wedding, and he's just like, like fuck you guys for making yeah. me rewatch the Red Wedding. Like this is a really upsetting season for me, and now I'm not comparing. Right, right. The acting of being murdered to Marquise's Brown situation, but that's still you're like what you said, mining for emotional content. Yeah, and he was. I mean, he was already emotional, right. and, and it's so like, why would you pry and like, oh yeah, tell us about your like, tell us about your past. Like, this get them is close. not the moment or the format. Um, also, screw all you Lamar Jackson haters out there. Lamar Jackson is going to ball this year, and Marquise Brown is going to benefit from it. I'm all aboard the Marquise Brown train. He's going to be the number one weapon there. They're going to utilize him in the play-action game. He's going to just get open for days. And while Lamar Jackson, yes, his accuracy is not 100% there, uh, it's a lot better than Josh Allen's. And y'all be quick to talk about how Josh Allen is going to be great. Um, 
let's not hate on Lamar Jackson so quickly. Pick number 26, uh, the Washington Bread Six, I believe, traded back up into this in order to get Montez Sweat, um, who slipped down drafts because of a medical condition and also some off the field stuff. Um, your feelings? Uh, first, firstly, can we stop calling players freaks? Mm. It feels. <clears throat> Like not a compliment, and also in some in some situations, like veiled racism. I don't know. I that that takes a whole another podcast for me to explore. <laughs> uh, but I just don't like that that term. What's 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 athletically the... gifted mm. or like um, exceptionally talented? Like there are other ways to say it without calling them a freak or othering them or making them not human or an object to be consumed Fair. for our pleasure. I, mean, I don't. I don't like it. Um, we'll discuss this further in our terminology podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Term- terminology of the NFL, Perfect. terminology in the 21st century, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, uh, so, TBH, I'm a little bit worried about the undisclosed reasons mm. that kept Sweat off uh, out of 15 games. I think in one season, um, which is why I'm glad that the Packers didn't trade up to get him because I just don't I. I don't know. Because they're undisclosed, I feel like they could be um, other than health-related. But if if those reasons aren't as bad as I fear, um, then I hope that his health doesn't hinder him from playing. Uh, He seems like an exciting player. Um, That's what I have to say about him. I think also that Chris Martinson needs to get off the air for his sake as much as Mm. I can agree with that, and all of New England can agree with you, too. Mm. Listening to him talk, it was very clear how he was able to – Misquote how many footballs had poor PSI in them. Yeah. We never forget, Chris. Pick number 27, Oakland Raiders somehow managed to still be around in the NFL draft, uh, and they select safety Jonathan Abram. Your feelings? Uh, So this was the point at which I, and I think many people, ceased to give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The arena was essentially silent when Abram's name was announced. Everyone was like, Cool. What? Who? Huh? Golf clap. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, but regardless of fans and my attention, mm-hmm. um, I think that Abram has the best preview dance with his wife. Ooh. Which I noticed. He really kind of spiced it up a little bit. He wasn't trying to be cool. He was just being himself and talking shit. Good for him. Um, and, you know, I could really see myself getting a beer with this guy. <laughs> and since that's America's barometer for a good person, that's all we really <laughs> need to know, right? I mean. Yeah. It's perfect. Pick number 28, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers take another guy who is often mocked to them. I mocked him to here multiple times. Uh, Jerry Tillery. Humble brag. Patting myself on the shoulder here. Uh, they needed to shore up their defensive line after the Patriots just ran the football all over them in the, uh, in the playoffs. Your thoughts on the uh, selection? What more do you need to know than he did a hedge fund? I mean, if I have a chance to select a person for an athletic, uh, uh, in an athletic field, who hope. did a hedge yeah. fund? I would, right? I would hope that they part of their that. athleticism they hedge funded. Right, exactly. I mean, if there's one thing we know about Jerry Tillery, it's that he's smarter than all of ESPN's commentators. Just kidding, just kidding. But like, try harder, Mel Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> right, but do something. Uh, um, personally, I'm a sucker for smart players, um, which is how they characterize him. Again, I know virtually nothing. <laughs> But as intelligent as they have led, um, led me to believe him to be. Uh, that I, I, yeah, I just like it. I like smart players because I think they do interesting things on and off the mm, field. Mm-hmm. Um, and they remind everyone that football players 
do not think it's solely for our entertainment, that mm. they are human beings with mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings, uh, and power to them if they use their platforms to advocate for a social and political change. Amen. Uh, pick number 29, the Seattle Seahawks. I believe they traded back down to this. I don't know. Oh, this might be the Chiefs pick. I think this is what they got uh, when they traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs. Uh, they select a tackle, I believe, LJ Coolier. Collier. Collier. There it is. Um, look at you, already knowing more than me. I've been watching these guys for months now. It's true. It's true. So tell me about LJ. Um, if I were this dude, I'd be pissed because he got totally eclipsed by the Giants, <laughs> like, surprise trade for the 30th pick. Everyone was so much more hyped about that yes. than LJ getting selected. But don't worry, LJ, because I got you. We are going to give you the time that you deserve, LJ. I say, you seem like a great player and a fun dude, and I wish you well in Seattle, but I recommend that you buy a mood lamp mm -hmm. because Seattle can be dreary. Yeah. Sound advice. Where you're coming from, but but just generally, it's, it's a it's a good thing to have. So, like you said, the uh, New York Giants. We only got what three picks left. The Giants did trade back in uh, in order to get their third first round pick, and they select cornerback uh, DeAndre Baker, who I've actually really liked throughout the whole draft process. I think that he can have he can be a shutdown corner. He's a little undersized to play the outside, but he does pretty much everything that you want from an outside corner extremely well. Um, and so I think he could develop into that number one elite shutdown corner. Uh, your feelings. Um, I'll just read the directions from my notes at this point. Do it. Do it. Guys, it's 11.45 PM at this point, And I just can't. <laughs> Did I mention I was coerced into this with beer and flattery? <laughs> Anyways. Yay. Giants. It seems like your front office isn't as inept as your Ooh. Ayo. Burn. That's <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's knock out the final two picks so that we can go to bed. Pick number 31, the Falcons select Caleb McGarry, who was an offensive lineman, I believe. Uh, again, more protection for Matt Ryan. Your feelings. <laughs> your notes. <laughs> wow. This was one of my favorite picks. Of the Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Because of the solitary slow clap <laughs> that introduced Caleb McGarry to Falcons Nation, I thought it was just so great. <sighs> that that somehow I totally missed it. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, and then and then the fact that he described his life as a country song that really hooked me. Yeah, yeah. What country song would describe your life? Um, wow, that's a heavy question. <laughs> Such a late hour. Um, probably like. Just what? in the sand. <laughs> Sorry. Anyone time anyone asks me a country song, the first thing that pops in my head is Red Solo Cup. So oh, yeah, I I mean I don't have a I don't have a, a large knowledge of country music. Or party in the USA. Miley Cyrus is country well, like, music. Old school Miley. Girl had to die. No, that, mm, that that would don't be worry, that would be oh well, yeah. That would be worrisome. Uh, but maybe a Dixie Chick song. Wide open spaces. Wide open spaces. That is there a it hit. Is. Wide open spaces. Um, all right. And the final pick of the NFL draft, the pick that I was so giddy about that when we started this podcast, oh, so many hours ago, I, uh, well, I was just uncontrollable. Uh, Nikhil Harry uh, to the New England Patriots, wide receiver, the first wide receiver that Bill Belichick has ever drafted in the first round. And by golly, I am a huge fan. Your thoughts, though, as an unbiased observer? Uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> like Collier. Um, I think this guy got cheated by Goodell's sad excuse for a closing. Mm. Priya Parker would be a shame. Priya Parker of? 
of The Art of Gathering, which everyone should read. Mm-hmm. And Priya Parker, you should sponsor this podcast. Just throwing it out there. Who says that? Um, Nikhil seems like a chill bro. Yep. And I hope he gets his due respect in the regular season. Do you feel like this was Goodell maybe slighting the Patriots because you know they have a very tumultuous relationship and the Patriots have won multiple Super Bowls after Goodell has fabricated many quote-unquote uh, travesties that they have have you know scandals that they've done do you feel like this was Goodell's way of kind of putting the middle finger back at them being like and they're going to Patriots like Nikhil Harry at the 32th quarter of all the NFL draft is over okay everyone go home by oh do you uh, think so you think it's retaliation yeah it was just kind of like you know what it was wild. It, it was, was like, very quick. It was Nikhil Harry and thank you all for coming by. Done. Like, Whoa. <laughs> come on. Poor Nikhil. Poor Nikhil. He's still drafted in the first round. Yeah. That's pretty fucking impressive. Good for you, Nikhil. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be that. I, I was, I thought you were asking, like, why Goodell chose, chose a wide out. And I think probably for Goodell me, didn't answer, choose a wide out. Oh, sorry. Why, why Belichick. Why Belichick, Belichick chose a wide out. Mm-hmm. Because he's never done that, right? Never no, done never. That. Yeah, and so like I think there's there's one part of me that thinks that he he did it to give the middle finger to the oh. NFL to be like, hey, like I can draft at any fucking position. Oh, and kill him. Interesting. Um, it's probably more realistically, it's just the best player they thought for their system. Um, yeah, perfect. But I, it could be. Could be. I think Adele. I think Adele's throwing middle finger at the Patriots. Yeah, probably. I think so. So we already know how we feel about Adele. Uh, excellent. Well, there you go. There was a as fast as we could make it and it really wasn't that fast but we appreciate everyone listening it's a lot to go through it's a lot to go through um it's one in the morning right now we're ready for bed uh excellent emergency podcast becca i love you thank you for being on the podcast um the rest of the guys step your shit up because you're gonna get replaced just speaking truths right now uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. You can search Fake Teams. We are the Fake Teams channel. That's where all of our podcasts on the website are housed. So subscribe to Fake Teams uh, on iTunes. We're on Spotify and we are on Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. And follow Becca at LaBecca Ryan on Twitter as well. She is such a regular tweeter. It will be well worth your time to follow. <laughs> Second skin. <laughs> Constantly on it, tweeting good content that all of you would definitely care about. Uh, we will be back at you later this week because this is an emergency. We'll be back on Wednesday with all the guys uh, and hopefully Dan Cater of SB Nation's Boxing the Draft. Hunt to the <laughs>